Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Well, hello, lovely listeners. Here we are for another week of the podcast. How are you, Anna? Oh, we're great. It's sunny and uh, not too hot over here. So we're actually having a better week. Great, yeah. How's it going for you? Well, yeah, temperatures have dropped a little, but um, we were expecting rain and thunder and all kinds of shenanigans at the weekend, but it was a lot nicer than we thought it was going to be. So happy days. Oh, good. It's nice to know that weather can have shenanigans as well. (laughs) We're all full of shenanigans. (laughs) Well, especially on this podcast, we're getting our shenanigans on. (laughs) Such a great word, right? Is there a word in across the water? Is it the same thing? Well, it is for me. I don't know where I got it from, but shenanigans are huge for me. And I don't know where, is that a Canadian thing? Is it my dad's Cardiff thing? I'm not quite sure. But I have shenanigans all the time in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds interesting. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I hope everyone else here in America does too. I'm not quite sure. It's a good thing. I should check and make sure. We'd like to urge some lovely listeners from across the pond to uh, write in and let us know if shenanigans is a thing or not. Yes. You can contact us at info at geordielass.com. Yes. And bonus money or lack thereof, (laughs) bonus uh, tokens if you can talk about your most recent shenanigan. Yes, and second double non-bonus is if you request a hot topic or a question. Oh, yes. Awesome. Okay, I think we've plugged that enough, Anna. Yeah. (laughs) So tell me what's been going on for you. Oh my gosh, well, I had a great weekend. I actually went out and got hammered with my husband over the weekend, which was great. I love it. <laughs> now, mind you, at my age, it takes three drinks. But I, in my defense, I think they were really very loaded drinks. But I think the bartender would be like, no, that's just a regular drink. <laughs> so apparently three drinks now gets me in the bag. And so me and my husband just went out. So we basically, um, you know, it's lockdown. We're here in New York City. But really, it's like a different version of New York City. It's like things are no longer the same. But we actually took the subway downtown, emerged in the West Village, where a lot of students hang out, and we came up out of the subway, and there was life, and there were parties, and there was outdoor dining, and we were like, wow, it was like prisoners exiting the cell. We just felt so alive, so we revisited our old haunts, and then we found the cheapest dive bar, like the student dive bar with the cheapest drinks, sat our asses down, and drank all night. Well, three drinks. (laughs) But I got hammered, and I felt terrific. I, I just... And we really bonded, me and my husband, like from time to time, you know, every few months, we just get really hammered and really connect. Sounds great. I don't know what that says. And um, and we've (laughs) now discovered what a cheap date you are as well, Anna. I really am. (laughs) You know, three $5 drinks and uh, I'm talking. (laughs) I'll tell you everything. $15 and she's anybody's. (laughs) I am anybody's. My husband would be like, well, I'd like you to kind of be mine for 15 bucks, but... uh." (laughs) But well, you know... (laughs) might fancy a night off yeah listen i'm a handful right <laughs> he may actually want to have a night off from time or he may want to outsource fair enough so no we had a great time and i feel like our relationship is stronger for it good there was a hangover but we just we felt in solidarity uh, well yeah i was gonna say it, but it was a hangover together it was a hangover together yeah, yeah we, we felt really connected <laughs> oh good so how was your weekend yeah i had a very good weekend i thought it was going to be quiet and it turned out to be less so Ooh. but in a good way 
yeah connected with lots of friends over the weekend which was really nice I think during lockdown obviously we've not really seen and socialized with people and Mm -hmm. so just trying to do that a little bit more and yeah meet people I haven't seen since Christmas so yeah it was good did you do any misbehaving or shenanigans I don't think I was terribly misbehaved but there was definitely some uh, some wine that passed my lips (laughs) better that than secrets yes (laughs) very good that's awesome so it sounds like you're in a joyous mood then the start of the week yes I am I'm feeling quite positive actually very good yeah no I think I'm in that space too yeah all is good isn't it funny how connecting yeah connecting makes us more feel more human again we really have gone through the ringer these past six months how I don't know well yeah as we know I'm still stuck in a two-month time warp so yeah yeah I have no idea what time of the year it is no absolutely so to all our listeners, we hear you. We have these brief moments of feeling human and it feels terrific. So yeah. we encourage anybody to have those moments with partners or friends that kind of make you feel alive, make you feel yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't stay at home in silence. Try and connect as much as possible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Get out there, even if virtually. Yes. So Sarah, you know, I'm always going to ask, I want to know what's going on in the world of international shenanigans in the relationship sector from our international correspondent. Well, I'm glad you've asked me that, Anna, because I'm prepared, as you can imagine. Gosh, I just can't pull the wool over your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us what's going on. Actually, I would like to say they're trying to stop shenanigans. That's what's happening in the news. What? Say what? No. (laughs) (laughs) Not possible. So the news this week, listeners, is that if you are having sex with your partner and you do not live in the same household, the advice is to wear a mask. Oh my good God. (laughs) (laughs) I have so many visions in my head. It's not the kind of mask that you think about. Like you think about like role play and... And No, no, we're not talking about your kinky stuff. No. We're just talking about a regular, I'd wear it on the bus mask. (laughs) Oh, jeez, what a buzzkill. Okay, well, what are you thinking about this? Uh, Well, it would definitely be a no-no for me, um, I have to say. (laughs) Love in the time of COVID, jeez. Yeah, I can't really see how that's going to be attractive. I do actually think that a mask does look a little bit like a pair of knickers at times. And then (laughs) the thought of that being over your face while you're having sex, like... No. And not the good knickers type. No, not the good knickers type, like the, the granny knickers type. Yeah. yeah, the granny knickers type. <laughs> so, you know, there is a remedy to all this. And this is what I've actually seen in public health on this side of the pond mm. is just changing positions. So favoring positions that do not put you into face-to-face contact with somebody. Okay. So what we're talking about is... Uh, I think that everybody has an imagination and can see what's going on there. But basically any sexual position where your faces are maybe six feet apart and there's lots of stuff to choose from there. So um, that's actually been touted around in public health messaging by physicians and public health specialists over this side of the pond. Saucy opportunities. So there you go. No need to wear a mask, but start experimenting instead. Yes. No need to do the same old position. Yeah. Switch it up. And if you're not going to switch it up, wear a mask. Yeah, and you'll probably quickly switch it back down again. (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. But I would say, though, that I'm sure there's many websites that are specializing in fun masks, fun and kinky masks, don't you think? Oh, I'm sure that there are, yes. And if that's your thing, go for it. Oh my gosh, absolutely. We're all about discovering the unexpected opportunities on our podcast. Yeah, in a safe and no judgment zone. That's us. So speaking of a um, safe no judgment zone, 
I think we should quickly move along to the hot topic because there is a little bit of a link. I'm excited and I think we've really started off on a saucy note. Oh, we did indeed. Take it away, Sarah. Okay, so this week's hot topic is... Drumroll, please. Uh, (laughs) Should you have sex on the first date? Oh, yes. All right, sweet. So from masks to Tinder. (laughs) That was actually a nice segue, Sarah. I like it. I like the way your mind went straight to Tinder there. Oh, I did. I did. Mm. I immediately, but you know, it's not to the exclusion of people who are going on a first date without Tinder. Yeah. Maybe it's without any social media whatsoever. Maybe you just find somebody in a cafe and go on a date. Yeah, and I still believe that that happens. I don't believe that we all meet through social media. I believe that there is a whole different variety of ways to meet your potential other half. Absolutely. Or somebody that you may want to spend an afternoon with, an evening with, three months with. Yeah. So take us here, Sarah. You're on a first date. You may be out for dinner. You may be bowling. And you're saying to yourself, okay, are we going to shag at the end of this date? This is a this is a saucy one. Should I kind of go with where I'm going or do you want to take it? Yeah, you take it away, you know, take it away. I feel like you're on a roll. I really am. I feel really passionate about this. I mean, the thing is, is, and we don't dispense advice. We're coaches. So at the end of the day, we're going to be asking you, what's your value system? What do you want to do? We want to help folks to get to what they want to do and get around any of the shame or the the limiting messages that they've been raised with and really kind of discover what's going on for them. So when I sorted through all my nonsense, all those messages from childhood and all the judgment and all the limiting beliefs, where I found is that I actually really like sex quite a lot. And part of dating or part of getting together with folks, for me, uh, sexual connection is fun. Yeah. And then as a physician, I, th- I think about all the stuff that keeps us safe, like condoms and so forth and other barrier methods and good contraception. But I really think that if that is what somebody likes to do, wants to do, is in their choice and freedom, I'm a really big go for it kind of person. And that's that's what I share with my patients with my physician hat. And as a coach, I like to kind of get around any of the judgment messages that may be standing in somebody's way of honoring that choice, should they choose to. So I'm, I'm a big yes on that. How about you? Yeah, I think, yeah, for me, I think it's down to freedom and, and personal choice. I think there's a real big stigma attached to it particularly for women, Mm. that you don't get from men. So men are called a stud if they've nailed it on the first night. And Mm. a woman's called something entirely different, which is uh, far more derogatory. There's many derogatory terms for women. Yeah. I have one in my mind. You probably have a different one. And that's, you know, language imitates judgment in society. Yeah. And I think that's wholly unfair that you should have a double standard. So if we just cut through all of that and say, actually, there is no double standard and it's not one rule for one and another for another, then from that point of view, I do think you should have a personal freedom of choice as to what you want to do. And as you say, if there's a connection there, chemistry, and you want to go for it, go for it. Mm. I would say, as well as the practice and safe sex, I'd also say, make sure you're with somebody that you trust. Mm-hmm. Make sure you know where you're going. It's not just the sexual safety. I think there's a personal safety aspect. And Mm -hmm. I suppose I'm thinking about this, you know, if one of my children was to do it, then I'd want them to be in a safe environment and with a safe person. And you know, it's funny you say, make sure you know where you're going. And where I went is that means what sexual activity you want to engage in, (laughs) because there's so many options, like the menu is huge. So what do I want to do with this person 
I mean, make sure you know what environment you're going into. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you were talking about like physical safety. Are you going to the back to their flat? Yes. Oh, I'm thinking about positions already. Yeah. And I'm straight down and dirty with it. Oh, gosh, you know me. All right. All right. So, no, I get your point is to say, are we going back to your apartment or your flat? How are we getting there? Has anybody been drinking? Do we need to hire a taxi? Yeah. So I think there's a whole different side to it. I also think nowadays there's a lot more things that you have to be wary of in terms of if somebody spikes your drink or anything like that so I think there's a whole different side to safety just has so many different layers and levels to it Mm. to just be wary of and be so I would say that having trust that you're with the right person and you that there is that trust there I think is really important I think the other thing that comes up for me is emotional attachment to what happens next Okay. So I'd really question how emotionally are you attached to what happens? Because if that's the first and last time and you're expecting more, how easily do you want to give that away? That's true. Because there's no judgment. If you decide to have any quantity of sexual activity with somebody on a first date, that is absolutely in your choice. But it's really important to take a look and see what am I assuming that will, what do I assume that will mean? Yeah. And do I assume that this person that we're somehow connected in a more meaningful way now? Yeah. That's what I feel. But what if that person sees that us having sex or doing anything sexually, what if that is very neutral to them and they're not going to call you the next day? That's, yeah. I guess that's the thing. Yeah. So I think it's just being really aware of that, isn't it? Around that emotional expectation of the, the morning after the night before. Yeah, it does deserve a deeper dive. Maybe prior religious background and so forth. Oftentimes we do things because we want to be the good girl or we want to please somebody or we want them to pay attention to us. So it's very hard for me to say, yeah, I'm really sex positive. I'm really into that. And I always have to dig underneath to say, Anna, is there anything about being a people pleaser, being scared that if I don't offer something up that they will not give me attention or a second call? Yeah, and I think that's a really big part of it, you know, and often we get, particularly as coaches, we come across people that have real poor self-esteem issues, who low levels mm-hmm. of self-confidence. And if we're saying yes, because we, as you say, want to make somebody else happy and we want them to like us because we think that's going to make us more complete, which we know in reality is not the case at all. Mm-hmm. So if that's what you're searching for, you're searching in all of the wrong places. So if we're doing it from a place of making somebody else like us, then that's, I think it's maybe about questioning that decision. However, if we're absolutely 100% comfortable with what we're doing, we know that we're going to do it in a safe place, we know we're practicing safe sex, and we just think, yeah, we're fancy shark, then go for it. Yeah. Oh, God, (laughs) it's a funny eye. You always bring the complexity and bring us down a layer. I remember something that says, (laughs) if you think that you have figured yourself out, ask one more question. Just assume you're not there yet and ask another question of yourself. That may be, whose pleasure am I attending to? And if we never hear from each other again, is that going to change what I... How is that going to make me feel? Yeah. So if ever you think you've arrived at the conclusion, always ask yourself just one more question to just dig a little deeper. And you always do that on our podcast. (laughs) You always dig a bit deeper. And that's really thought provoking. So sex positivity, but honoring yourself, honoring your immense value and how precious you are. And don't give yourself away too easily to other people. As human beings, we, particularly when we've been scarred from things that have happened in the past, and we do just want somebody to like us, somebody to love us, somebody to make us feel worthy, 
we can often give ourselves over far too easily in that situation. Yeah. So I think that's what I'd encourage you to think about is, you know, as you say, whose pleasure is it and how easily am I giving myself away right now? And that's hard, especially, you know, talking about folks with a trauma background, sometimes the signals are really mixed and they can't tell. And that can often take a lot of unpacking and work. Let's just sort of play an opposite scenario is if you say, you know, what would really feel great and loving for me would be like a beautiful, amazing kiss and canoodle. Yeah. Wait, is canoodle on your side of the pond? Yeah, yeah, I'm done with that. Just a little canoodle and say, you know what, I'd love that. And then I want to end it and just say, peace out, I'm going to sleep. Yeah. That would make me feel wonderful. And I'm not going to worry about whether this other person, what they're thinking about that, whether they were expecting more, et cetera, et cetera. So owning the desire for a little canoodle and then end the night is wonderful. It is. And there's power in that. Yeah. So whether a little hug, maybe a flower and see you later, have a good night. They're all great choices. I just have to ask though, does flower mean something else? (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that funny? This transatlantic communication. I'm not quite sure now. Oh no, yeah, literally. It's just a flower. I was literally thinking of like a Gerbera, which is like one of my favorite flowers. They're very happy. (laughs) They are. Very colorful, beautiful flowers. So if if one date I said, I just want a a bunch of Gerberas and nothing more, then really sometimes a flower is just a flower. That's okay. (laughs) I'm just checking. (laughs) 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 but later in the podcast i'm sure i'll be talking about flowers in another context so i won't take it off the table (laughs) but for now it's just a flower and a kiss and cuddle and we're done absolutely (laughs) as coaches we get to the bottom of things by just asking questions so if you want to do some self-coaching and really find out where you're at in a moment on a date in a situation where you're trying to make a decision just keep asking yourself questions Yeah, just take yourself off to the loo, have a little quick time out, five minutes to yourself, and just take some time because we can get caught up in the heat of the moment, can't we? Oh, yeah, I love that. Get into the washroom and washroom, restroom. Yeah. I say washroom in in America and they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) It's a Canadian thing. But yeah, getting to the bathroom and looking at yourself in the mirror and just really centering on yourself and just bringing all that self-love and compassion in. And knowing that you're on a date with yourself as much as you're on a date with somebody else. That is very true. Well, hopefully that's helped anybody who's either been in that predicament in the past or faces that in the opening up lockdown. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, God, I could have used that advice throughout my entire 20s and possibly some of my 30s. Oh, just throughout my entire life, Anna. (laughs) Do you have flashbacks like of really shitty decisions you made and shitty nights? And oh, my God. Yeah. And still now you think, why did I do that? (laughs) We did it. And there are no wrong decisions because I felt right at the time. That's so true. Ooh, bringing us out on a philosophical note. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Right, well, we are ready to move it along, I think, to the question of the week in our relationship remedies. Yes, let's go remedy some relationships. Okay. So... Now that you've been on your first date and you've had sex, (laughs) the question this week is when is the right time to end a relationship? (laughs) That may or may not be the morning after. It depends. Depends how good the action was last night. I love this connection. This is great. It's like speed dating. <laughs> Just a bit of a, whether that, you know, to end a relationship after a night, after three months, after 10 years, it's yeah, it's all how to end it. Mm. Ooh, this is a hard one. Yeah, I have more questions. You know, what's going on and what are you feeling has ended? 
I think there is a there's a heaviness, isn't there, to the question? No matter how long you've been together, and I guess it's easier, isn't it, if it's just a short term relationship, but I'm sensing that this is a long, longer term relationship mm. and there is some weight to this and there's some there's some extra consideration, so maybe there's children involved. There's a definite depth and length of time is is what I'm sensing from the question. Mm-hmm. And I think that does make it incredibly difficult because we place a lot of emphasis on relationships and the connection and the fact that, you know, we live on this dream of together forever. And then there's a whole host of, opens a Pandora's box of feelings, doesn't it? Around guilt, shame, really reflecting on what's happened. Have you made the right choices? If there are children involved, that brings its whole a whole set of questions. And then there's the bit kind of after that as well. And so once you have entered the relationship, what will that be like? Will I ever meet somebody again? There's just, it's really loaded this one, isn't it? Yeah, because if it were easy, people wouldn't be asking the question. Yeah. Because obviously, should I end the relationship is bringing up a lot of dread for all the things that they're going to have to face, as you mentioned, as sort of the perceived negative consequences of ending a relationship. Yeah. And exiting that comfortable space. And unfortunately, even the most toxic and dysfunctional relationships still are a safe or comfortable space for people. Oh, they're still a comfortable pair of slippers, aren't they? You might not like what you've got, but you know what you've got. Yeah, the slipper may have holes in it and yeah. may just be ugly as shit, but you know what they feel like. Yeah. You're held back by the fear of something new or some or the absence of relationship is a really terrifying thing. Yeah. What happens if you can't find a new pair of shoes? <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, isn't it funny? As you mentioned, I'm like, well, there's so many shoes out in the world. Of course, you'll get to find another pair of shoes. And the same can be said about relationship like we talked yeah. about in our previous podcast. But it's astonishing how we just look out in the world. And we're like, there's no other pair of shoe for me out there. Yeah, because we're conditioned to look at the bleakness of life. We go straight to that victim mentality. We go to that mode of, and we're really, really clever at catastrophizing things and blowing them up to a proportion that just is so unlikely to ever happen. Mm-hmm. But for us, we're incredibly brilliant at creating that story and that vision that just is never going to realize itself. That's true. There's a few things that are coming up for me. So one is around, I actually wrote a post this week about it, which was when you think that it's time to end it, instead, the reality is you need to dig deeper. Mm. So I think by that, I mean that often we can spend quite a long time just mulling things over in our minds, really um, to and fro with what is a tough decision. But we don't include our partner in that discussion. Mm. So it's a discussion for one about a partnership and potentially whole family. And so we don't allow time for the other person to catch up. So I do feel like there's a lot more exploring to be done. Mm. You know, really popping on those brave pants and opening up communication. And, you know, maybe start in a neutral place. You know, maybe pop out for a couple of cheap margaritas with uh, Anna on close standby. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Go out and drink in a college bar together. Yeah. Yeah. Step out of your environment. But I think that is the first step there is just to really really get brave and raise that communication, start to raise how you're feeling. Because I do feel like there's a lot of time that's gone on where this person hasn't really explored it with their other half. They've just said they're not, you know, they're saying internally, I'm not happy. Right. And we've talked about the large elephant in the room. Yes. And a lot of folks have those elephant, well-fed elephants in the room. I have to say, I'm an eternal optimist as well, which makes it very difficult for me to end a relationship. 
Mm. Because I always think it's going to get better. Oh yeah, tomorrow will be better. And, and in the meantime, the elephant continues to grow and gets fatter and fatter. And suddenly them can't breathe. There's no oxygen left in the room. Yes. Those fat elephants really do take a lot of energy and yeah. oxygen and space. They do. And looking back, is it shocking to you to realize just how much you might have put up with or how much you might have sacrificed for the sake of just keeping the peace and keeping carrying on? I think in one way it is, but then in another, I do genuinely believe that we do things, everything is always there for a reason. And I think sometimes maybe if you aren't, like I wasn't great at tackling some of the things that were going on, but I do feel that that's because you're gaining some strength behind all of that Mm. so that you're in a much better position when you do come out of it so I do believe that there's a timing thing for everything and maybe you're just not ready yet and you need some time to you know gather your thoughts gather your strength so that you really are ready when the time does come. I will take that a step further and say I think you're ready not just for this relationship and exiting should you need to but also for future relationships to experience the toxicity and the dysfunction of this ever-ending cycle of conflict, of repair and apologies and then yeah. back into conflict, etc., sweeping things under the rug or into the elephant's mouth. Yeah. In a future relationship, you will recognize what that feels like. If I start to feel these feelings again, I will be better trained in the future. If the end of a relationship is the appropriate thing to do, I think I'll, I'll know that a little sooner. Yeah, I like to hope that I would as well, otherwise... Also, we like to hope that my relationship doesn't end. Ah, yes, of course. I'm quite enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, your man is pretty cool. The tea in bed thing, man, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> Everyone needs somebody who makes tea in bed. Yeah, you need to get your man trained if he's not delivering tea in the morning, Anna. I'm going to be honest with you. We haven't shared this. My man makes tea every morning. Oh, there you go. Uh-huh. I know. I, I don't know why I didn't come out of the closet on this one, but we both have men who make tea yeah. every morning. It's nice. Mm-hmm. And even if I'm not up, I'll always get up and there'll always be a cup of tea waiting for me that just needs to be warmed up by the side of the stove. So actually, that is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, you need that. You need little things in life that make you happy. I think we'll keep our men for now, but you know, they're always on a slippery slope. Well, yeah, as long as they stay on the (laughs) toes. Exactly. So yeah, hopefully this is going to stay the test of time, but... In terms of your spidey sense or your, your tuning into yourself in terms of whether a relationship is doing right by you or whether the relationship is appropriate for you or serving you, your feelers are more in tune because of what you've gone through in the past. Yeah. And if nothing else, it gives you um, more idea for what you want for your Amazon moon shopping man when you come to the next relationship. <laughs> <laughs> and if you missed that one, listeners, you need to go back a couple of episodes. Oh, yes. <laughs> It works, guys. It works. <laughs> but you just have to get your list right. You do. Like if you're going to put your list out to the universe, to the moon, don't shirk on the details. No. Because it works. Sarah has personal experience. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess let's just wrap this one up then, Anna. So when is the right time to end a relationship? I think we're saying that there's so much involved in that. It's not a one size fits all for people. But it is something that if you feel like you're, if you're asking that question, It's raising the point that you need to have a conversation and explain how you're feeling, explain that things feel different for you and that you're wondering if there is a future together and you'd like to talk about that. Mm. Oh, I love that's direct. Mm. Is that too direct? No, it's not too direct. Apparently I'm too honest. No, 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 that's beautiful because it's, 
oftentimes I think we try to go around the bush and not actually come in with a direct statement. And therefore, if we never actually allow our partner to know what we're feeling by being direct in our words, then we continue to just circle. Yeah. But that gets right to the heart of like, you, you have to pay attention. If I hear something like that, I, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Sarah is serious. She means business. So what's coming up for me is, ah, okay, do we need help? Do we need to hire a therapist or a coach? Yeah. Bring a third person into the situation to help us, a neutral party. Absolutely. Let's invest everything in this. Yeah. And it's such a tricky time, isn't it? That we're so personally connected and emotionally involved and probably by this time quite emotionally charged as well. It can be really difficult to keep a certain level of perspective So I think you're absolutely right that if you can, you know, get help from a third party to help just to navigate that, you can get results a lot quicker and it can be a lot less pain than trying to navigate that, you know, in a one-on-one situation. Yeah. And quicker, I mean, it's not that we want everything baked in five minutes, but quicker, especially if you've been through the pain of where you're at right now with this question. Yeah. You've been through the ringer if you're asking this question. Yeah. And you don't want to be sitting here for years just kind of hacking along in the same way. You want a game changer. And often I hear people will say, well, my other half isn't willing to go and get help. Mm. But that doesn't mean to say that you can't get help yourself and you can do work on yourself. Because it's remarkable the amount of times that when we change our behavior and we change our perspective and we position things in a slightly different way, the results that you get back are phenomenal. I've seen it. I've seen people transform. I've seen lives transform just by one person working on themselves. It doesn't always have to take both parties. Yeah, I think that's a shocking. And I absolutely agree with that in my personal life, Mm. as well as it's really weird. But oftentimes, if you work with a professional and you get really clear, a lot of times we think that the other person is the problem in our relationship. (laughs) Oftentimes, it's because we don't have the clarity and we can't make an empowered decision. And we need help doing that. There's even coaches who don't really work with couples, like they work with couples, but they actually do the work individually with each partner, Yeah, which is really profound. I think it really takes us out of that paradigm of thinking that somehow the relationship is the problem and that we are complete servants to the relationship, that we have no agency in that. But it's really incredible how we show up differently and the relationship absolutely has to change. Yeah. Because we are a part of that relationship. Well, you're not a passenger on the bus. Yeah. You're a co-pilot up there on the, in the, whatever the big places where the pilots sit in the front of the plane. <laughs> that would be the cockpit. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that should have come to me a little faster. I'm surprised you didn't remember that, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that word would be tripping off the tongue. <laughs> Absolutely. Cockpit should have just come right there. Oh, gosh. I think I have to do some questioning, some deep questioning as to what's blocking me. <laughs> oh, well, I think that wraps us up nicely then. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I think we got sex in several ways here. So I'm I'm happy. I'm pleased. We did. Yeah. And hopefully our listeners have a, a more empowered sense of, number one, they're not alone if they have this question on their mind. Yeah. And number two is there's many avenues to take. There's so much opportunity yeah. to learn about yourself and to get into a situation that's serving you. Yeah. The future is bright. It is. It is. No matter how bad you feel, no matter how low things feel, I think just taking those first steps will make you feel a whole lot better and you'll feel like a weight has been lifted, even just by making a decision to do something different. I wholeheartedly agree. Oh, I live it when we agree. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, because when we come to to like arm wrestles, it gets really ugly. Oh, coach deathmatch. <laughs> coach deathmatch, yeah. That's actually quite difficult to say. To be scheduled. Oh, yeah, it's, it's on the pad. <laughs> and it's going to be dirty and nasty. Oh, we have to think of a really good topic, though, that we completely are at opposite ends of the spectrum on. I'm still searching because we're st- we're really aligned. And I think that's because we're coaches and we see the world mm. in that sort of no judgment space. But there must be something we disagree on. There's got to be something. We just need to find it, listeners. Please send in suggestions. <laughs> yes, yes. Topics for our coach deathmatch. Yeah. Okay, well, until next week, Anna, that was fun as ever. Always a pleasure chatting to you. You as well. Hope everyone out there is having a safe and saucy week ahead. Oh, yes. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.